Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Comics Evolve, where we discuss all things around comics, media, culture, with your hosts, Andy, Jarian, and Alex. Welcome to Comics Evolve, myself, Andy Stead. And I'm Jarian Gibson. And I'm Alex Straub. It seems like it's been an age since we've been on. It's only been two weeks, but I think we've got so many regular uh, sessions in, didn't we? Regular recordings in with Loki coming out and, you know, that week-on-week thing. Um, and we miss a week. And I miss you guys. I miss you guys. Alex, how you been? Good, good. I've uh, bought a couple of Funkos. We had Thanksgiving, so I did a little Black Friday shopping, and I got this this cool little guy. Uh, that Shay is recently. awesome. Yeah, I, I was literally like in Hot Topic and I was like, oh my God, I did not know this was a Funko. And I have been kind of not buying as many Funkos lately, but I was like, you know what? I'll be buying that one. So For I sure. bought it right away as soon as as soon as I saw it, I was like, I got to have that one. So it, it looks like it was a, a custom. It doesn't look like it's a real Funko. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't look like Funko have made it. Yeah. And what's funny is, is they've marketed it as like a christmas kind of like holiday funko so it's with like the they've got like a loki a hulk an iron man and everything like that so i was just seeing if i could find my deadpool in his christmas jumper but I, it's too far up i can't reach him but yeah i bought a deadpool in a christmas jumper talking of christmas funkos um jaren how are you doing good uh my black friday shopping consisted of waiting for the avengers tower to show up <laughs> on lego for availability and i had enough points to where i paid zero dollars so all those points i have saved up uh they came in handy very nice very nice well done um i can't say i've done any black friday shopping if i'm honest but um yeah i've uh, i've been i've been watching 12 monkeys alex you like it I've been watching Twelve Monkeys. Do you know what? It's getting better. I don't get me wrong. I don't. I didn't dislike it, but it gets better and better as it goes on. Now, it's, as as it starts adding more layers, I'm more impressed. It's it's funny. You watch that like first episode, and you're like, "Where exactly is this going?" And then you get like, I don't know, like ten episodes in or something like that, and you just that's like, exactly. I'm about I'm ten hooked. episodes in. Yeah, I'm. I'm like, that's where you're like, I'm hooked. You know, like I like just take me along for the ride. And there's so much like time shenanigans that goes on in that show. It's so good. So well, I think that's there's so many layers. There's a few more layers now. You know, he's getting ahead of himself, and mm -hmm. you know the the people that him that he's meeting are telling him about things that he hasn't done yet. Mm -hmm. even though even though it's in their past but it's in his future so it's getting interesting now so i've quite i'm quite enjoying that but um mm -hmm. yeah so i've been watching 12 monkeys uh reading a bit of judgment day um uh that's a bit slow if i'm honest judgment mm -hmm. day i don't know if any of you have read it yet the big story it's a bit slow to start with it's the eternals versus x-men yep. thing with the avengers stuck in the middle um it's a little bit slow the the eternals part is very convoluted at this point like, i don't quite actually understand what's going on if i'm honest at this point in time but um yeah we'll see how that goes um we are here today to talk about the marvels we've all seen it it's been a couple of weeks now since it's been released and um hopefully everybody that's watching has seen it or listening has seen it but if you haven't then just bear in mind we are going to be um divulging all the information and giving us uh, giving you guys our opinion on that movie and talking about the bits and pieces that were in there so if you haven't seen it might be best to not listen to this episode or not watch this episode and come back and catch us at another time um real quick since we're not in the spoiler ban for the group anymore i didn't put the spoiler ban graphic up because it's been what two weeks now so you know 
Yeah. I think we're safe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're a Marvel fan, you're on our group and you're watching this link and you haven't seen the Marvels, come on, what are you doing? <laughs> um, okay. So let's get cracking. Um, do you know what? I think this movie kicks off really, really nicely. Uh, that first, um, sort of exchange battle scene that fight scene where they don't know what's going on with their powers that we've already seen little bits and pieces of that we saw it at the end of miss marvel uh, tv show i i absolutely loved that i thought that was so different i thought it was so fresh um just a really nice way to kick this uh, to kick this movie off it was fun but it was um you know it was uh, energetic at the same time i just thought it was it was an excellent way to kick off this movie um and there's so many good parts about this movie that we that we are inevitably going to talk about but that for me the fight scene certainly that first one and then when they finally work out how to use their powers together i thought they were absolutely superb really enjoyed the fight scenes in this movie yeah i think this was the first time we've seen a, a disney plus show actually start a movie because basically mm. the beginning of this movie was the very end of the marvels when she switched with uh when kamala and carol switched so we pretty much started at that same spot at the end of that season and then went into them the movie they may have changed it up a little bit maybe we shot some stuff but it was the exact same concept um that we saw with with the marvels um, or miss marvel show ending I, I i agree with you on that um i feel like maybe wandavision did kind of set up multiverse of madness kind of you know so i mean maybe that does sort of i mean it's it didn't really like officially start that movie you know what i'm saying but um this was a, a great movie to kind of pick up for kamala to kind of go into you know the the mcu movies versus the tv shows um and for monica too i mean like this honestly i feel like this this movie was kind of special because wandavision and miss marvel kind of impacted this movie being set up you know yeah um so it's it's one of those things where i think that for all three of the characters they did a really good job too of sharing screen time they all like had a great screen presence one didn't take a back seat because of another you know like the the screen time was amazing i think for for all three of the main leads on this, this and also too we got a new intro another new intro as well so mm -hmm. they channel the marvel stuff up like they usually do and they did all different stuff for the three of them from their different projects Yep. Uh, and brought that in. So it, it kind of kicked off showing us we're building a new team here and it's going to be the Marvels. And I think I agree, Alex, they, they all gelled pretty well in the fight scenes. I think they balanced all the acting very well. The, the Khan family, you know, their presence was known as well. And just the, them with Fury interacting, um, the flirting kitties, her mom building that little area for, for Goose to have the flirting kitties. Um, mm -hmm. so it, it was very, you know, their very presence, you know, in the film that was really good. And I thought the balance was pretty well too. I also thought they did the, uh, the Kamala being, um, Captain Marvel's fangirl very well. You know, that's a lot from the pages of the comics, how she was. I saw people making comics saying that it went a little too far, comments saying it went a little too far. But if you've read the, any comic book stories about her, especially that first run where, you know, she does the Terrigen Mist and she has those dreams of, um, Cap and Iron Man and Captain Marvel coming, you know how big of a fangirl Kamala Khan is of Carol Danvers, so I thought that went very well. I don't think they went too far at all. I think that's exactly, you've only got to, you've only got to go onto a red carpet and you can see how, how mad some people are for their favorite actors or actresses, mm -hmm. so why would it be any different for somebody in that world for their favorite superhero? 
Well, and I think a lot of that kind of played into this movie, right? Because in this movie, you have Monica and Carol that had a relationship prior to this movie, and Carol hasn't seen Monica in so long, and she feels like she didn't do right by her in the past. So when she meets Kamala, part of this, to me, for Carol was, I'm going to do right by this young kid like I should have done for Monica. Because, like, her and Monica kind of, like, make amends in this movie, sort of, more or less. But, like, for Kamala, like, this is a very similar situation to the very first movie with Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, where, like, she leaves and talks to Monica, and Monica's just a little girl. So, like, to me, that felt like it was kind of like Carol trying to do right. So I feel like, you know, a lot of that, like, kind of fangirlness of Miss Marvel played into this really well. Because like it, it's like a mutual admiration from Carol Danvers mm -hmm. and Kamala Khan, like on both ways. It's not just Kamala Khan, just like in love with Carol Danvers for being Captain Marvel. So, mm. I thought that was quite interesting that you, you say. Obviously, Monica had that. Well, hadn't seen um, Carol for so long, and you had this. You had this. Uh, this interesting contrast where there was this real kind of edginess and tension to Carol. And Monica, like in the same scene as Kamala's really excited to see Carol. Carol's like, uh, her mind, you could see she was like, her mind was exploding. She's got this young little girl who's kind of like, oh my God, I can't, I can't believe it's you. And then Monica's like, I can't believe it's you. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, Carol kind of doesn't quite know how to act. She's, she's really confused. She's like, okay, you calm down and I need to speak to you because I haven't seen you for years. Um, so yeah, I thought that was, uh, that was quite well played actually. Uh, you had that contrast between, um, Monica and, and Kamala and their kind of reactions to seeing Carol, um, and Carol just like not really knowing what to do and how to act in that situation. Yeah, and, and there wasn't any, like, animosity from, like, Monica to Carol that, like, lingered for a long period of time. Like, they got past that pretty quickly, and it was like, hey, let's get down to, like, what's the big issue here? Like, let's focus on that and move forward and try and do that. And honestly, I think what this movie did well was even in tense moments and in things that were tense, they would throw a little bit of humor in there to kind of lighten the mood, but it wasn't like, hey, let's focus on this for ten minutes and beat it to death. It was like... A quick joke would be made haha move on and then that was it and honestly like i i felt like the pacing of this this movie was fantastic yeah. um you yeah. know it started off fast it went through fast the ending like everything was fast and yep. it kept the same pace and it was good and it felt like you know everything needed to be where it needed to be um, humor didn't take like a centerpiece in this movie. We kind of like sat it to the side. We had nice, lighthearted, fun moments, but at the same time, like when things needed to be serious, they were serious. Yeah. And this movie it, was excellent for that. It, and honestly, too, at the pacing, I, I felt Nia DaCosta did a great job. Shame on you again, Variety, for that hit piece on her for doing the same thing that other directors do with projects, especially one that got delayed, delayed, changed dates, all that kind of stuff. Um, I would love to see Nia DaCosta come back and do another project. Um, the way this team up happened, especially with characters not knowing each other, mm -hmm. I think she might be a great one to do the Young Avengers. Young Avengers, exactly what I was going to say. I'm, I'm going to skip ahead here. And it was interesting because I thought Kamal would get recruited by somebody else, either Cassie or, or Kate. But the, the funniest thing to, to me was that when they were in the con house and Kamala got that tablet, she went to work. Right. Okay. You know, the first thing she said, do you know, Amy had a daughter, you know, I'm just okay. like, wait a second, here we go. They're okay. already throwing breadcrumbs that early in the film. 
And then that that uh, scene that was supposed to be, I guess, the closing in credit scene, but it ended up being the end of the film. Her doing the Young Avengers setup, just like parallels to Fury doing the Avengers setup at the end of Iron Man One about you know the whole building the universe, that kind of stuff. So I would love to see Nia DaCosta come back and, and take on the Young Avengers project. You know, maybe start off with uh, with Kate and, and Kamala. Maybe go grab Cassie, and then we start trickling other characters in, maybe. But just think of the three of them doing a team-up film and, mm-hmm. and getting together and starting that off with some kind of threats and then bringing others in. So I would love to see her do a Young Avengers project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. We've um, already touched on the uh, dynamic between the three um, main cast members. Um, I thought it was absolutely superb. I thought their relationship, I, I, I mean, the actress's relationship here, and the way that they bounced off each other was really, really good. And uh, the, I thought the writing was excellent. I thought the editing was brilliant. The, just the way that the three interacted, and yeah. uh, the the uh, I think Alex, you touched on it already. The amount of screen time that they each got, it did seem, you know, it did slightly weigh in Carol's favour, which I suppose it should because it's kind of her her sequel in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's kind of like the the sort of senior member of this team, I guess. But um, I, I just just the dynamic between the three actresses, you know, I think they've done a fantastic job. Um, you know, I've always, you know, I, I understand people don't like certain people and that's fine. But I've always thought that Brie Larson did a good job as Carol. Like we said, we've read yes. her before and she is that sort of sort of stern kind of stoic, you know, emotionless, yeah. strong will, stubborn. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I thought... Um, as it Tiona Paris, I thought she'd done a great job as as Monica. You know, she she still came across as intelligent and like she knew what she was doing and somebody that had been brought up in that kind of um military um background. Then you had, you know, Iman Vellani who's just so endearing, you just mm-hmm. cannot not like her. <laughs> so um I thought it was very very well balanced. I thought the three the three girls done superb and um yeah, I really enjoyed watching them on screen together when they were all there together. Mm-hmm. And uh, speak of that dynamic too, I felt they pulled elements of WandaVision and uh, Captain Marvel's the first movie very well, using that uh, sc- uh, scroll device for the memories, because, you know, she'd forgotten things, we know that with, with everything that happened here with Anhala and with the Kree, but then also too, um, showing back that moment when Monica got snapped, mm-hmm. and then we saw that, that interaction when Captain Marvel did come back to Earth to talk to Maria, while she was having cancer and Maria saying, go do your thing, you know, you can't stay here and take care of me type scenario. But then too, as they were using that to kind of figure out what was going on and all looking together, she was trying to build pieces back and showing Monica. And I think that helped bridge relationship too, you know, of that she can't remember. That's why things are so different. Things happened to her and she's trying to to get that back. She lost all those memories. So I thought they, they did that pretty well. Didn't spend a whole lot of time on it, but I felt again, the pacing and the way they did things in the movie. Yeah, I, I honestly felt like in this movie, obviously Kamala Khan stood out and she was great. But I really think for Captain Marvel, Brie Larson, I think, brought, like, she brought it for this movie. Like, this is her best performance as Captain Marvel, in yes. my opinion, because it was it was a performance that gave Captain Marvel more depth, I think, than she's had in any performance yet. And, like, we've seen, like, I felt like her first movie felt a little bit rushed. I felt like, you know, that was just to get her an endgame and everything like that. And, and you know, that, that happened. It is what it is. 
But, like, for this movie, like, we had her, like, show, like, remorse. She was frustrated. She was upset. She was trying to make things better. She was trying to make things right. You see the events of the previous movie had a negative impact, and she realizes that. Um, and, yeah, I mean, like, I felt like her performance was top tier in this movie yeah. and one of the best performances, if not the best. And there, nothing against, you know, um, Iman for, for her performance, but it's just Brie Larson. Man, like, I, like, I'm not a big Captain Marvel fan, but I thought, like, Captain Marvel was amazing in this movie. And so I, I, I was blown away. A couple of things in the chat here. Uh, first one, uh, Kamala waiting for Kate. Reminded me of when Yelena was waiting for Kate in her apartment eating macaroni. Uh, that's a good shout out there. Mm-hmm. And then right here, what you just said about um, Brie Larson playing Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel. Agree with Alex. It was her best outing. Also, too, we have a new Disney princess, right? That whole thing with uh, oh, yeah. with, with her being married to the prince and the, the singing. And people were like, there's going to be a singing planet. They're going to have yeah. musical. I'm just like, you know what? Who, who cares? Well, let's let's see what happens first. And they did that great as well. We find out that she did it for um, a, a thing of convenience to help the prince out. But then again, we find out she has a possibly another relationship with Valkyrie of Asgard. So yeah, so there there's a little um, entanglement going on there, uh, you know, outside of the powers uh, with uh, with Carol Danvers. I like how they did that musical thing because mm-hmm. I was not I was not thrilled about there being I thought there was gonna be like a five minute scene you know about like musical and stuff and I was like man how are they gonna put a musical and slide it into this and they kind of like did it it wasn't like overbearing it was kind of funny and then it was like okay like we're right past it now like two minutes go by we're over it like it's done let's move on and I was like wow like I I totally expected it to be drug out longer I totally expected it to be like funnier but it was like tasteful and they had this nice little moment where monica and kamala are standing there making jokes while she's like talking to the prince and i was like sitting there chuckling because it was like everything that they said was funny yep. like and and like yeah i mean like it was a great scene and it was just one of those things like let's get it done and move past it and it was great from from the chat here that was the only cringe moment for me i can do with all, without all that it wasn't that much though so i, I kind of disagree with this comment yeah but you know nicely you know and that is though, RMC. RMC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, back to that plant though too. We actually got Kamala's sash too. You know the and, print, and the um, new outfit and Monica's um, sort of big drapes as yeah. well. Yeah. Is this too much? Yeah, it's too much. Yeah, it's, it's ripped them off. off. Yeah. Yeah. I so did find it, that yeah, it was pretty cool how they they tied that into where they got those new costumes, that sash that we see Kamala from the comics. You know, and the way she's at the fight, that was all done in that planet. So I like how they they snuck things in and worked things into the movie. Yeah, uh-huh. for sure. Um, just going back on Kate, her security is terrible. <laughs> you know, we've already had Yelena just well, in her apartment and now Kamala. Well, granted, though, that Kamala had that tablet, so Kamala already had all the information there. And so, you know, that, that could be part of it, too. And also with um, Yelena, she's a, a assassin. So Very true. Yeah, very you got two people there. It, it wasn't just anybody breaking into there. <laughs> no, that is true. That was yeah. average Joe sitting there having breakfast. Um, so, yeah, we've got um, we've got three great leads. Great leads. We can't, can't argue with that. What do we think of the villain? What do we think of Zoe Ashton's villain? I, I, I thought it was she was great. I thought she had a great role. And it's, it, it's killing it. We have, you know, you have two great villains. You know, one went to the different path that are married in real life. Loki's character, you know, he's kind of changed at the end of Loki. She stayed that way. She had a chance to actually help her planet and that kind of stuff. But she's like, I'm going out, you know, like this. And it, it, it was kind of similar. So her, 
you know, the way she went out was similar to the Power Stone that we saw mm -hmm. in the Guardians of the Galaxy with and at, at the Collector. Mm -hmm. um, but I thought she did great. Um, goes back to a Tony Stark line in this movie. We create our own demons. Um, she saw what Carol did after she went back to Hala to destroy the Supreme Intelligence. Their planet was dying. Her motives were revenge on Captain Marvel, but also trying to find a way to save her planet too. So I like how they worked that that whole the villain piece in here. I wish they didn't kill her, you know, um, especially with all the chatter about Fantastic Four getting a... Um, uh, uh, a female herald, you know, I think she probably would have been a great herald for out there floating in space somewhere and then Galactus finding her and then we see her again. But yeah, I don't like seeing villains get killed in these films. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you on that. And I really think that for this movie, I was, she had that line where she's like talking to somebody, one of the other Kree and she's like, you know, they say something like, you know, that can destroy you or whatever if you, and she's like, yeah, but I'm willing to do that or whatever. And I was like, oh, like, she's probably going to die. <laughs> and so, like, I was like, okay. And then I think, like, 15, 20 minutes later, she dies. But, like, it was one of those things where it was a nice change of pace for me. I was like, hmm, that's actually not a bad death because it wasn't, like, her dying in a fight against the heroes or something like that. It was her dying, like, sacrificing herself, trying to do something that she believed in, almost. So, to me, I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of like a, a... Not really, like, I don't really want to see, like, any villains die, you know, in, in the MCU, but, like, that's a, that's a problem that we've struggled with for a very long time with the MCU, but... Yeah, I mean, like, I felt like it was an interesting little change of pace. It was like, oh, okay, all right, like, it, you know... Yeah, she died. I'm not thrilled about that, but it was it was different, and I kind of like the way they did that. So, also too with her. Oh, go ahead, Andy. Oh no, I was going to say just rewinding back to the Supreme Intelligence, the little flashback there. That was a great little um, flashback to the comics, and uh, quite a comic accurate seeing his big head uh, with all the attachments, you know, coming out of him um, or it. Uh, I thought that was just quite a cool little moment. Actually, that's mm -hmm. all I was going to say. Yeah, and so, yeah, that's, I was going to say what I was going to say about the uh, the Bengals. So we kind of figure out the Bengals' origin. I, I still want to figure out how that one got on Earth and how the clandestine were involved with the Bengals because we find out the Bengals are basically, they are quantum bands. Mm -hmm. um, there are supposed to be two on that planet. Uh, we find out she's using the one um, to siphon resources back to Hala because Hala's dying. So water from the one planet where the prince is, the Earth's sun she was trying to get from the other one. Um, I think she was getting oxygen from the, the scroll refugee colony, um, that one there. So it, it was pretty interesting to see that. And then when, because when Kamala had the Bengal and since they all have light based powers that, so once those jump points are open and also the Bengals were actually used to create the jump points that we see in the MCU as well. So some, so some tie in there. Awesome plot point. Yeah. I love that they added that in there. That was yeah. so awesome. So it, it was pretty interesting to see how they, they tied the Bengals in, how they tried, how they got entangled. And how Dark Ben was using the Bengals to actually, you know, pull resources, killing other plants, but pull resources into her plant to save it. So, uh -huh. did you notice the little nod to the comics as well? The way that um, she used both Bengals together, where she clashed <laughs> them together, yep, like that. Yeah, yeah. that's what um, what uh, Marvel used to do all the time, and they when him and Rick used to change places, and they used to clash yep. the uh, the quantum bands. That was I thought that was a nice little nod to the comics the way she did it it was exactly the same way you know that little cross-armed clash in the bands i love that for that was really cool also just, too, one thing real quick alex um the, the the whole thing with the bangles and siphoning resources it, it was kind of similar to how loki let the biofrost open which would destroy jotunheim as well in the uh, thor movie so a little parallel there too between those two characters now they're using that go ahead alex 
Oh, I was just going to say, you know, we, we know one bangle was originally found on Earth in the Ten Rings temple that was looked like it was on a Kree arm, so you mm -hmm. would assume, like, a Kree probably had it. But that place, when the movie starts, where they find the other bangle, it's, like, sealed up in, like, a chamber that's underground or something. I don't know if they said exactly where that was. I don't remember off the top of my head, but... I just wanted to know how it got there. Like, you know, I was just like, it seemed like somebody took it and hit it there. And it was, it was one of those things where I thought the exposition about what those were, what they did and everything, it was quick, but man, it told us like everything that we needed to know. And it just ran right through it and moved on. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I, I really liked what they did with that. And I liked how they kind of tied it into the story. And, you know, you mentioned the jump points being like, created by those i thought that was awesome that we went from jump points are being created to also like you can tear down like the barriers between like universes with them and yeah. like that i thought that was like great how they did that visually because even when that barrier got torn down basically between the universes it looked like a massive jump point almost, mm -hmm. you know like well, they, they did say the jump point system are wormholes. I took tons of notes. I was able to take notes where we were sitting at the movie theater, so I was, like, taking notes the whole time. But, yeah, they basically said it's the, the jump point system are wormholes mm -hmm. um, uh, in that. And I also thought it was interesting, too, they called our hammer the, a universal weapon. Mm -hmm. That's yes. Yes. Yeah, that was interesting, actually. Yeah, because they, they, they specifically called that out, didn't they, the name of their hammer. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I found that quite, quite interesting as it happens. Um just before we get on to this, on to the ending, um, first of all, hello, uh, Ali HS, how you doing? Good to see you there. Uh, if you've got any comments, drop them in that comment section and we'll see if we can read them out. Any thoughts on the movie? But uh, yeah, before we get to the end of the movie, just the, the slightly extended cast. And I say the slightly extended cast because actually when you think about it, outside of the three main characters, there wasn't a very big cast to this. Like, you know, mm -hmm. not many other people had lines. If you take out the Khan family, Nick Fury and you know one or two people on Saber oh and the Prince and the Prince yeah yeah mm -hmm. um nobody else really had lines there wasn't really many characters in this movie was there which I quite liked because it didn't it didn't muddy the waters too much you didn't have to worry about trying to get to know many, any new people which actually that probably helped to be yeah. honest you know we already knew the three characters we just wanted to know more about their relationships that we didn't actually need to know about the actual characters themselves well, that's probably why we could dive straight in um and and the pacing was actually better because it wasn't like we've got to introduce this new person yeah we got introduced to um darben um but you know that was quickly done nice little flashback quite quick and it was done but the extended cast nick fury i thought his little engagements were quite good and it's funny enough look yeah. someone <laughs> Before we get to that, about the characters and that kind of stuff, like, I was hoping maybe we'd get, like, a Blue Marvel tease. Maybe we would find out, you know, who the engineer was that helped her during WandaVision. Maybe some of that story. But you know what? We don't, we didn't need it. You know, back to the whole pacing thing. Like I said, I thought Nia DaCosta did this very well. You know, it went from, you know, from A to B pretty quickly. We, we got the story. It was good. My daughter enjoyed it, who she never has wanted to go see a Marvel movie in the theaters. But when she, after she saw Miss Marvel series, she wanted to go see the Marvel. She was laughing the whole time. She had to receipt watching it. So, like I said, that pacing, all, all they, did, they did very well. Um, the comment here, then, I was going to say this next. Um, was Fury's performance kind of oddly cheerful if it, this was either right before, right after Secret Invasion? Well, 
this was after Secret Invasion, right? Because they brought up the whole peace treaty talks between the, the Scrolls and the Kree, and we saw that with Captain Marvel showing up, that those talks have broken down. And then I thought it was interesting. You know, my only minor issue here was that scrolls. The, yeah, once they the Scroll Emperor colony that we didn't see in Secret Invasion, but we saw now that they were out there on a planet. Once that planet was destroyed, and they saved as many as they could, including the the Emperor, that uh, they're a new Asgard now. And it's like, but the end of Secret Invasion, the president's like... Well, are they on New Asgard, or well, did Valkyrie just find them a home? They didn't actually say they were going to New I thought, Asgard. I thought they, they said they were going to New Asgard. I, I, thought Val, I thought they just said Valkyrie would find them somewhere safe to go. Oh, okay. So, but man, I'm confusing that. They specifically said they were going to okay. go to New Asgard, but maybe they did. I don't know. I've only seen it once. Yeah, and I mean, like, you can also, I guess, justify that as, like, they're in at New Asgard, which is in Norway, which isn't part of the United States, so True. the president really has no jurisdiction there. You could, you could claim that. Um, but yeah, like, I felt like this, looking at Secret Invasion and looking at this movie, Secret Invasion does not line up with this movie. Nope. And I know that there were some reshoots that happened and stuff like that, but honestly, I hated Secret Invasion more after this this movie. Um, because, like, I don't want to lay this at the feet of this movie. Yeah. I think that was at the feet of Secret Invasion. And, and I, I can tell, like, Secret Invasion, I think, had, it, I mean, it looks like when you watch it, like, they were probably going one route with the story, and then they changed it at some point. So, um, you know, I, I think that the biggest issue for me with this was the scrolls, and them just being on that, um, they could have gone to that that place with Emperor Droge, and then, like you said, the thing with Valkyrie, and then at the end of this movie, when Saber is going to go down and they have to get everybody off, where do they all end up? They end up bringing all the off-world people back to Earth in the United States. So, it's including like, the Flurkins, <laughs> yeah, and including the Flurkins, and it's like the president just like declared like war against all off-world combatants. So it's like okay, so like that didn't really line up, but yeah, and. You know, maybe I thought we would see Vara or um, Priscilla mm -hmm. slash Priscilla in here because she went with Fury to do one of the peace talks, nope. that kind of stuff. Nothing with that, which I said, I'm fine. The Secret Invasion stuff is not the burden of this film. It's the burden of Secret Invasion. I just felt yeah. that the, the tone switch was kind of too close for that. I wonder if, if we'll touch on Secret Invasion somewhere else down the road, especially we saw how it ended and there's more people out there. But yeah, let's just we'll, we'll table that right now. Unless Andy has anything you want to say about Secret Invasion. No, no, no. Okay, uh, from the chat here, uh, the movie was disappointing. I love Miss Marvel and her family, and Brie Larson felt like she definitely had more fun in this film in this one. But other than that, I didn't like it much. Three for ten for me. That's fine. Everyone's cup of tea. Uh, that's fair. Um, didn't they switch? Or did I already read this one? No. Oh, didn't they switch SI releases? Releases SI was supposed to be after the Marvels. I thought. Um, I don't know because it still changed so many times. Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. I think. I think the Marvels were supposed to be a long, long time ago, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. It would have technically. Yeah. It would have just. It would have been. I don't think they switched releases. I think Secret Invasion came out when that was supposed to, but yeah. the Marvels were supposed to come out a long time ago. But just back on your point there, Alex, I think you're absolutely right because I really enjoyed Secret Invasion until about episode four, and then I went, "What's happening? <laughs> like, what happened? What? Yeah. What happened there? Just complete switch of." Everything. So, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's a good point. They probably wanted to tell one story and then just completely changed it and told a completely different story in the last two episodes. And I, and I think for me, my biggest struggle with Secret Invasion is, like, we were told that was an espionage show. It's meant to be, like, an espionage show, and it's meant to be, like, 
an espionage show from the perspective of you don't know who these these people these aliens could be so it's like spies like you don't know who who you're actually fighting but like when you in that show with a super powered cgi fight and it's two super powered individuals that have all the powers that's like you know it that is just not what i was expecting mm. like not only do they have superpowers but they basically got all the powers from from the in-game <laughs> battle you know so it's like okay and uh yeah i mean like i think that kind of just like kind of hurt that show a lot yeah for me. because that would be like having black widow get superpowers in her movie and then fighting somebody else with superpowers i, I get it like taskmaster isn't just like a natural like fighter it's kind of like a machine in in this with like the you know with that but yeah i mean it's not like how taskmaster is supposed to be obviously but um but yeah like it, it just it would have been crazy had we would have seen black widow with her getting like superpowers and somebody else getting soup and then them clashing at the end of, and that's how that that ends it would have just been you know like what in the world but yeah yeah, yeah agree so moving on to this other comment the cats were cool i love cats i give it a four out of ten ll and yes <laughs> so goose right so it was funny that we we're well, not funny but we saw Goose, but it was funny that Kamala's mom was suspicious the whole time about that cat. And she's like, that cat's pregnant. Because, uh, you know, she knew the entire time because she built a little altar for him, you know, her, her. Um, and it, they didn't explain how it happened. Maybe all the jumping stuff. Maybe just Goose is, you know, produced on his own, that kind of stuff. That That's fine. But I feel like um, with Goose, though, and all those kitties, I, I was pretty cool to use those to get out of Saber when it was going down to basically ingest all those people because they ran out of pods. But one thing did pop my mind, though. Could one of those flirting kitties end up being Lockjaw substitute? Because oh. we know they've kind of glossed over the whole inhuman stuff. We know from this film that the Bengal, that Kamala can have powers without the Bengal. The Bengal is basically her Terrigen Mist in the MCU that activated her mutant powers. Um, so could they make a flirting kitty be Lockjaw in the MCU? So, 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 Jaren, what you're saying is, is that not only do we have race swaps, not only do we have gender swaps, now we're going to have species swaps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, potentially. I love the line, the line over the tunnel where it was coming on, you know, stop running and let the flirkins eat you. <laughs> yeah, that, that was so funny. And I think, I think Kamala was running with one of the cats and it was like eating people. And I think she was like saying, I'm sorry, like at one point or something like that. And what was funny was at first I was a little bit dumbfounded when they open up a panel and they find like the little flirkin egg in there yeah. or whatever. And I was like, huh, but with this Marvel Collector's Core box, I actually got the Flurkin Funko, and it had the little, like, egg one popping out, and nice. I, like, and I was like, wow, and, like, my brain went back to that, and it was like, oh, wow, it kind of spoiled that for me, you know, yeah. like, not, but I knew instantly what that was, and I was like, oh, wow, okay, so it's Flurkin, and, yeah, I thought that was, that was a very creative way that they, they did that with the Flurkin to get people off when the escape pods weren't working and, and things like that, so from the chat here i'm here for all of the flirkins and they're literally hurting cats in this film <laughs> yeah that's it yeah. yes. um okay so let's get down let's get us into these big moments at the end the uh i think we've kind of touched on it already when um darben opens up the sort of portal to the uh, another dimension uh we see the the powers of the, the the sort of three people coming together to to close that portal and then we end up with Monica stuck on the other side of it and that big ending scene. What did we think of, uh, I think Alex, you already said about the fact that it can open, it was the bands that opened up this this other dimension. Um, 
you know, I, I, I kind of thought, why did Monica have to close it from the other side? Why couldn't she just close it from our side? Maybe because it was like pushed but, out into ours, maybe, and she had to maybe. pull it back. But also, too, real quick, Alex, that trailer, the fir very first trailer gave it away. Intergalactic mm -hmm. song, Another Dimension. They literally yeah. gave that away with the music in the very first trailer for this film. Go mm -hmm. ahead, Alex. Your, your thoughts on the... You know, I, I honestly feel like it, I mean, honestly, the main reason why she had to close from the other side is because of the plot, right? <laughs> like, you know, like, I mean, they, they, they had to do that. Um, but I mean, like, I think that was a really good moment too, even for Carol. Cause like Carol has that moment where she's like, no, I'm not going to let this happen. And she like goes zipping over there to try and save Monica and rip her back before like it closes and doesn't get there in time. So that kind of, I mean... I think for ending this movie, Carol goes off, she restarts the sun, you know, on Hala, which are, with the, you know, with in the that solar system. Yeah. So I thought that was great. I loved how, how she did that. Kamala comes back and Kamala's very sad and upset of what happened. But like, you know, we, we see Monica, it, we have this amazing ending that we see. And obviously that's why they had to put Monica on the other side. And I, I don't know if you guys want to talk about that just yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hold, hold, hold on, real quick before oh. you get to that though, I thought it was very interesting that that Carol still had the one bangle on even when they were back at Monica and Maria's house. Right? They never mm -hmm. showed. You only saw that one moment with Kamala had both having both bangles on at the very end, but then she gives the one to Carol mm -hmm. um, to go fix Hollis' son, and then even as as she's moving into the Rambo house that she saw as a bangle on. So I wonder what's going to play with that. Is she going to keep one? Are we going to see Kamala with both? Because I don't think we ever saw Kamala again with both Ooh. bangles. Oh, I was just about to say, maybe we'll get them uh, being able to swap places, yeah. you know, a little bit like Captain Marvel and, and Rick Jones used to do. But yeah. um, that's good but point. If, if, if they've only got, well, no, I suppose if they've still got one bangle each, maybe they can still do that. Maybe that's like a, a link between the two of them. Maybe I don't know. Possibly. Yeah. And almost kind of i know this sounds weird but it's almost kind of like friendship bracelets you know like and i feel like carol's probably like okay this is incredibly dangerous having one of these one of them needs to stay with kamala but i'll take the other one and i'll just mm -hmm. hold on to this and if somebody comes for it like she's captain marvel right like she's a bulldozer so like good luck trying to take it from her you know like and that's where i feel like they'll probably go with that also too did you, did you notice that kamala had a line similar to hulk in endgame where Hulk said with the whole gauntlet to bring everyone home, I was made for this. And then Kamala with the whole Bengals thing of it, at that thing of the terror stuff, I was born for this. Mm -hmm. So a lot of parallels here in this film. My last thing I'll say before we get to that end credit scene was, was it just Carol moving into the Rainbow House or was it the Khan family too? Because their house got tore up in mm -hmm. the beginning of the film. So were they also going to stay there on the Rainbow Ranch? Um, mm -hmm. So that's interesting too, just how the, everything ended with the family. But let's go ahead and get to the yeah i mean that was a that was um I, I mean unsurprising in a way i mean i think we was all kind of expecting something similar to that to happen who we thought might be turning up and and how they turned up you know was uh was sort of slightly varied but um yeah i mean first of all we get um you know lashana lynch again playing a different version and or another character she's now played three different versions uh of, of herself in okay. the mcu um so yeah, we get her as uh, as as binary in in a pretty cool outfit, if you ask me. A mutant, even because binary is a mutant. Uh -huh. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
yeah but um but the, i thought that was really cool and obviously that that huge uh you know beast is back the beast is back um and it was um kelsey grammar voicing him wasn't it and it was a full cgi which i yeah. really liked i thought it was really uh really comic accurate look of him he had those kind of um the canines you know the the the, the teeth over the top um you know he had his big lab coat on he was huge um so yeah i mean it was great he mentioned you know he mentioned charles so um and with uh lashana lynch playing binary in that universe we know that that's not 838 because she was uh, captain marvel in, she the, was yeah. captain marvel in that one so what universe is this is this a universe that we've seen before in some of the other x-men movies probably not if this is a slightly different version of beast that we've uh, seen i don't know because they played the uh the x united and the x-men last stand music which both films beast was in mm -hmm. so i think he's in that i think they're in that universe right now if you also look to the mansion and that where they were at you saw the door there to look like cerebro possibly when they panned out also too that was similar to the room that when logan woke up in um i believe in the one of the very first x-men movies in the mansion um that he was in that room similar room as well um so i'm all for it and i'm i'm all for cgi beast as well kelsey grammar can voice him way into his late age we, we we've seen james earl jones do the voice of vader for many years you know and that way kelsey grammar's to show up do his voice stuff not to worry about age anything like that not have any of those any of those issues and I hope they maintain the CGI beast. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yep, agreed. Um, questions here. Is Binary a mutant in the comics? Yes, Binary is a mutant uh, in the comics and also uh, a member of the X-Men. At, at, at some points, a member of X-Men. She's also on different teams as well. Um, and then, uh, did anyone else scream when Beast appeared? I didn't scream when Beast appeared. <laughs> um I think I was more when I see Maria because the whole time I was like, it's Maria, it's Maria, it's Maria as we came up to this movie and the whole costume and that kind of stuff. So for me, seeing the reunion between Monica and Maria, but it was heartbreaking because in that universe, it appears there's no Monica yet or Monica yeah. never exists in that universe. So Maria doesn't know who Monica is and it'd be interesting to see where we go from here um, and who pops and where they pop up next, right? Are we not going to see them again to the Kang Dynasty? Is this the start of incursions? Is this the start of what Loki did with the branches at the end of Loki? Um, because it seems like Beast was knowledgeable of things going on like this. And so maybe they've already started seeing these things happen. So correct me if I'm wrong, but we didn't actually hear the word incursion. No, we did not. Did. But he, he, he alluded to it, but they never said incursion at all in this film. Which it's weird. It's like at the end of the second Doctor Strange multiverse of madness, we hear the word incursion, but we don't hear it in this movie. And like, you know, it's kind of alluded to in that movie, but we actually kind of see it almost happening here in this when like the boundary is starting to break down between the it, two realities. It would have been nice, wouldn't it? If, if Beast would have said, you know, this could have caused an incursion uh -huh. or something along those lines, you know, you being here could cause an incursion. Like, and we then know that Beast is. Uh, studying it from his side mm -hmm. you know he's studying incursions from his side we've got dr strange and clear uh, studying incursions from that side and then are there other people studying incursions you know is is, is somebody in wakanda study you know is shuri studying what's going on or something i don't know but yeah i think they probably could have put in a little nugget like that you know beast could have been a little bit more knowledgeable on what was going on maybe 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, Beast had a great line too, where he mentions like about the multiverse, and I think he says something like, you know, well, this shouldn't really be possible or something like that. Um, when when they're looking at Monica and Maria's sitting there and everything like that, so it seems like they haven't really been outside of their universe. Mm-hmm. I would say almost, or at least the X Men probably haven't, because Beast would know. I would assume. So um, I thought that was a nice little kind of thing that they kind of threw in there too. From the chat here, yeah, I think it's Fox's X Men. Beast probably just got a different haircut. Yeah, it's it, I'm agreeing. It's, it's Fox X Men as, as well. Maybe Deadpool three. It'll be the first time we hear of an incursion outside of Multiverse of Madness. You mm-hmm. know, that's you know that's the only project next year. All eyes are going to be on that project. So maybe okay. things will start picking up because until now, other than Multiverse of Madness, it's all been breadcrumbs. Yeah. Um, okay, let's start wrapping the uh, Marvel's conversation up then before we move on. Where are we Where are we thinking this movie? What's our overall thoughts on this movie? Jaren, I'll start with you because I pretty much know Alex's overall thoughts. <laughs> What's your overall thoughts on this movie, Jaren? I, I, I loved it. I don't know where to rate it, though. I just loved it, though. I loved the fact that the, the pacing of it, like I said, I felt Nia DaCosta did an excellent job with this film. The, you know, the, I think you, my thoughts on this is pretty high just from the fact that I want her to take on the Young Avengers. Uh-huh. So, in the fact that my daughter, you know, wanted to go see it, was on the edge of her seat laughing the whole time and enjoyed it, that that's a bonus for me too because that's one, you know, being able to share that with her. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where I'm going to put this on the scale, but it, it's rated pretty high for me. Like, mm-hmm. I'll actually go back and watch this again and again and again, probably, especially once it comes on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I had the opportunity to go and see it again. My son, uh, in fact, both of my sons have both gone and seen, seen this movie again. And um, I had the opportunity to go and see it with my younger son, and I... I said I passed it up. Something else popped up in the end, and I had to go and do this other thing. But I was like, I was going to go and see it again, um, and I'm disappointed that I didn't actually. So um, I would. I'm enjoying. I'm looking forward to seeing this movie again, Alex. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I think that for me this year, I think I was the most excited for Quantum Mania, right? And it wasn't a bad movie. It just wasn't what I expected it to be. Um, I felt like. This movie was definitely at the bottom of my list of movies I was, like, excited for coming out. But surprised as, like, I am, I this is probably one of my favorite Marvel movies I've seen in a long time. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that, uh, you know, movies like Love and Thunder, I felt like humor was just the centerpiece. And there was too much of that, and this didn't have it. And I loved the pacing. I thought it was fast. It was great. Um, for me personally, I would probably give this movie at least an eight out of 10, um, you know, which, yeah, I, I mean, I think for me, like, you know, the scrolls thing aside, like, I don't lay that at the feet of this movie. I lay that at secret invasion. I thought that was already a mess as it was, but for me, like, you know, Brie Larson, I think stole the show for me in a way a little bit, just as much as Kamala Khan did, um, as a character, because like for me, Brie Larson playing Captain Marvel has always been kind of like a, a not really a very in-depth character for me and I felt like now watching this movie like she showed growth she showed like you know change like she was trying to make things better she was trying to do right by other people like I thought I thought they really like did really well writing her character and and with this movie and letting her kind of like grow a little bit throughout this movie and not only that it's a great sequel to the first one um it, it literally piggybacks right off yeah sequel <laughs> um but I mean it piggybacks right off of the events of the first movie in a very excellent way and it's not one of those things where it focuses on that it's like hey Carol, you kind of messed up, and yeah, she is trying to right her wrongs in the past, you know? Nice. Yeah. 
I, 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 real quick, I felt like just to piggyback on because I completely read what you said. It, it did piggyback on that. It, it did tie in the WandaVision. It did tie in Miss Marvel show very well. I think my only misstep, because like you said, Secret Invasion is outside. They okay. should have called this Captain Marvel to the Marvels. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been well worldwide for this film in that sense. Mm-hmm. But it, so go ahead, Andy. Sorry. Uh, no, I was going to call this a sequels because it is a sequels. It's a se- it is it's a good sequel to Captain Marvel. I agree, Alex. But it, and and uh, you, you you jumped in. You got got in there before me, Jaron. It is a sequel to One Division for in regards to Monica's story. It's a sequel to Miss Marvel for for um, Kamala's story. Uh, it ties up a couple of little loose ends from other bits and pieces as well. So, you know, from, from Endgame and, um, you know, we see Nick Fury again. So uh, it's it's the sequel to a lot of things, this movie. Um, and I think, um, yeah, for me, it's, in, it's an enjoyable movie. I really liked it. It was nice and compact. I really liked the fight scenes. I thought they'd done something different there with that. Um, I thought the music was great. Um, and I think actually maybe more Marvel movies need to be below two hours. Yes. Uh, Yes. Maybe that's the key. If if they're like this, I would agree. Because, like, maybe there's just too much, you know, like, added stuff that we don't Mm -hmm. need in some stuff. And I think for this movie, it was a great standalone movie. Like, you know, like, I took somebody that hadn't seen the Mar... Excuse me, hadn't seen Miss Marvel or WandaVision, and, like, they loved this movie. They thought it was great. Like, you know, they didn't really need to know about any of that. Like, they met the characters in this movie... They gave exposition to explain a lot of things. It wasn't like you needed to watch the show to because like they just basically told you real quick. Yeah. And I think that's what this movie really did well. So I said at the top of the show that I was watching Judgment Day, um, which is this huge convoluted story. Um, I also read World War Hulk the other day and it took me about 20 minutes and I loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know and and like you just said about that little exposition i mean i know the story of planet hulk so do i really need to you know maybe it's a little bit different but they give you enough exposition in that world war hulk story Mm -hmm. that if you hadn't have read planet hulk you kind of at least get the idea and then you can read planet hulk within i mean it did it took me a little bit longer than 20 minutes maybe it was about an hour but it wasn't long i literally read it in one like in one sitting in the afternoon um do you know what i mean so there's that nice compact little little sort of burst of 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 comic so yeah really liked it um let's read out those couple of uh comments Joe, and then let's move on to some news of the week yep first one i think it's a good new a good kids movie uh in my four-year-old uh cousin liked it a lot um here's a one um another one from the chat here i think this may rotate into the preferred background viewing like ragnarok and civil war so that's, that's, that's really good um this one here 7.5 to 7.75 um, was definitely a good movie. Um, it really, uh, it's really too bad it couldn't get marketed properly. Deserves better at the box office uh, than what it's gotten so far, which I think because I've been seeing stuff, people talk more about this and they're seeing more packed films now. Maybe the holiday weekend, maybe this will be like Elemental where it started off slow but then picked up steam later on, um, possibly. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that one. But yeah, uh, good comments there. One thing uh, I want to talk about if we, if we were going to the news, um, which I'll start with the Marvel's news, but Young Avengers, do you want to talk to them real quick? Um, so it, it looks like they're definitely, well, not just look like, they definitely are establishing the team as Kamala being the the main person, right? You know, she might end up being the, the how Tony, not already Tony Stark, I guess. 
maybe it's kind of the Tony Starkish because he was kind of the one that kept bringing them together at times, I guess. Kind of the, you know, but maybe, yes. Anyways, she was the Fury Fest Stark of the team, slash Stark of the team, seems like. Um, first one out there, Kate Bishop, you know, I, I'm not surprised by that one, especially with how good she was in uh, Hawkeye series. Um, I was going to expect her or Cassie Lang to show up, but th that she mentioned Cassie Lang um, in the film. Um, that's a good sign that she's probably going to be the next person they recruit. But I wonder where they go from there, right? So we know yeah, America Chavez out there from Multiverse of Madness. Um, we know we got Riri out there from Wakanda forever. Um, and I wonder how they're going to do Riri. Is she going to be a Victor Timely descended? Could she be the Iron Lad of the Young Avengers in the comic book role there? Um, we know we're going to get Billy and Tommy back. Um, it looks like we're starting off with one of them in um, Agatha series. Um, Teddy Hulkling, do we think he's going to appear at some time in the MCU? You know, they, they, they've had some very good opportunities. Like I was saying, they could have had Hulkling tease in this film. They could have just said Kamala's friend Teddy. And okay. we could have found out that maybe that on Carol's travels, that maybe because she has the Kree blood in her, okay. that she possibly had a relationship with a scroll. That's how he's, you know, they come with Hulkling as a scroll Kree hybrid. They could have done that. You know, maybe okay. they could have found that. Misha back to Holland and found out that Von Rog possibly defected after the first Captain Marvel film and he had a child with a scroll person. Who knows? But I wonder where we're going to see him. We know we got Isaiah Bradley from Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, out there. Um, we'll probably see him in Captain America 4, possibly Brave New World. Uh, Harley is still floating out there. I don't know what they're going to do with Harley from Iron Man 3. He showed up an in game at the funeral. He's canon to the comics now. I don't know if, what they're going to do with him in that role. And then we also saw Kid Loki in the Void, um, which we could see Kid Loki possibly again in Deadpool 3 because it looks like they're going to be in the Void. So mm. what do we think we're going to see here with the Young Avengers team in the MCU? I'm a little bit worried we don't see Hulkling because like, I feel like it's one of those things where with the age of where the character would need to be, if we didn't see him by now, like, it would be great to see him maybe, like, in the future, like, maybe out of this whole thing, the Kree and the scroll kind of come together, Hulkling is born, and then we move forward, but I feel like that's so long down the road that that would be awful for them to wait. It doesn't really fit with this Young Avengers thing, you know? Well, have you ever watched that, that show, V, the series? Either, so. either the recent one or the original one back in the 80s, where... There was a human visitor hybrid kid, and the kid went from baby to infant to grown adult, like in like that because of the mixture of alien stuff. So mm -hmm. they could follow that same thing here. He could already be, he could already be out there in an egg somewhere too that we just don't know he's out there, and they they end up discovering him or something like that. So yeah, and and, yeah. and, and Secret Invasion set it up too, where we know the scrolls live like five times longer than humans so like you know if he is going to be a teenager then he would need to like age for like 75 years you know what yeah. i'm saying like so it's like it's they hard to do that they won't give up the opportunity of of showing us the um billy teddy relationship on screen they uh, yeah, won't. They yeah 100 percent that will be there and um, with with billy looking like you know that's who uh we're seeing in the dark hole diaries we've just seen some some released well actually i think they were leaked screenshots um, from a little featurette there. So there's no chance that they will give up the chance and, of that relationship. And he's aged up too. Yeah. So, yeah. You, you know, like they aged him up. I mean, they could very well just, you know, pull Hulkling from another 
universe, universe. like that, yeah. you know, and do it like that too. Um, hey, here's an alternative to, you know, the whole Kree scroll thing that's been happening in the 616, and then boom, they could just present it like that, you know? Yeah. Um, maybe even Monica's universe. That would be interesting if, like, Hulkling came from, from yeah. that one, the one where Monica's in now, you know? I'd uh, be quite happy to see um, a proper Captain Marvel alternate universe, you know, a, a Marvel, um, right. you know, alternate universe Teddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the chat here, uh, first one, um, currently writing a Batman Christmas special script with Killer Croc as the villain. So as I've just been reading Killer Croc comics for a good while, he's haunting my dreams. Such a great character. So, yeah. Killer Croc. Uh, he was one of my favorites in Suicide Squad, too. <laughs> just the way that they, they, they did him in, in that. Um, from this one, uh, Tony Stark for Gen Z, Kamala, that is. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then, um, yep, they had the great point there. And then maybe they use Scar instead. Yeah, I purposely did not, miss this, not mention Scar. I did not want to go back to Scar right now unless something drastically changed with that character because the way he just popped in at the end of uh, She-Hulk and just the way it seemed, I'm just like, I don't know about all that. But yeah, yeah. Scar could be on the team too as well, I guess. I, I, I'm really excited, and I feel like this character has kind of just like disappeared ever since... Um... Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but Patriot, right? Like yeah, Isaiah Bradley. Yeah, yeah, yeah Bradley. Isaiah Bradley. So, it, it, like, it, it, it's Eli Bradley. Sorry. I'm sorry, Eli Bradley. Isaiah's the dad. Uh, yeah. the, yeah. No, not the dad, but the grandfather. Grandfather. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sorry, yeah. Eli Bradley. Eli's, thank you. Eli's the grandson. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I think Patriot would be like I. I look forward to that one. That one would be really interesting, right? Because you could almost have him like have the super soldier serum be like naturally in his blood, and nobody really know that and then all of a sudden one day it just you know cuts on and boom in the like MCU home, like kid. yeah exactly yeah. and like I feel like that would be awesome to see that on screen and obviously they put him in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier because they plan on you know doing that with him I feel like putting him in the secret uh, excuse me in the Young Avengers so um, you know it's one of those things I feel like that's just another character that I'm really excited to see and I really hope that they do something with from the chat here, Scar needs a better haircut that we can do something about it. Yeah. yeah. It's a better what's look. It, what's, it with you and hair, what's it with you and haircuts tonight, Ali? <laughs> <laughs> At least had a good new haircut. Yeah. <laughs> Although I do agree, Scar needs a better haircut. Um, okay. Uh, yes, I think there's lots of possibilities out there with the new Avengers. I mean, I hope they get going on that pretty quickly. I mean, even Kate made the joke in that little scene. Then she's just like, well, I'm 23. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how old is... Uh, you know these actresses and actors gonna be you know uh Hayley steinfeld could well be in her 30s before they do a young avengers i mean how young is how young are these avengers gonna be um but yeah hopefully they'll um they'll start pulling the trigger on some of that a little bit quicker um let's move on let's get onto some uh some news i think we discussed the marvels and all of the little things that have come off of that for for well enough long, long enough now so um let's move on okay so uh marvel's news the marvel is the highest grossing debut film for a black female director so that's good so, um, it makes Boss Hawks Office history um, with 110 million for opening debut. Um, via the Hollywood Reporter, there was a version of the end scene that saw Kamala recruiting a different young Avenger, says Iman Vellani. Um, Iman Vellani also says she's hoping season two will be greenlit. I hope all the love that Kamala is getting from this movie inspires people to be more vocal about wanting a season two. Kamala and her entire community has so much uh, story left to tell, which a season two uh, would be interesting too. Maybe she brings Kate in 
And it's just Kate and Kamala in season two. And then by the end, we get Cassie shows up, but they do other stuff. Say, maybe they could do a season two where they use that as kind of a young Avengers sort of origin story type thing, you know, where she, that's what season two is her bringing together a few young Avengers. That might be a way of expediting that yeah. team a little bit better. Um, rather than waiting for a movie, you know, maybe like you said, it starts with her and Kate, then she brings in Cassie, maybe then Billy turns up and Eli turns up and then they've got the origins of a team. Yep. That could mm -hmm. be an option. Um, according to Daniel RPK, season two is being discussed. There was news out there saying that season two is happening, but he tweeted and said, nope, that's not what I said. My words are being twisted. It's just being discussed right now for season two for uh, Miss Marvel. Um, via slash film, more on that last scene. Uh, there were more characters in it. I will not say the characters, but there were more characters. It changed a couple times, and I think what ended up being is honestly perfect. Uh, this was from Iman Vanilli as well. Um, she also addresses Marvel Studios fandom as well. She says, these fandoms, uh, the whole point of them is so that people who are passionate about these nerdy things, they can talk about it without being judged and can share their excitement with only other people in the entire world who all uh, reciprocate. Uh, so I think people just need to be a little patient and let them cook. I think keep the fandom positive. In the meantime, share what you are enjoying. So I just, that's like one of the best castings, I, I think, because it's her comic knowledge and she's written, co-written co a comic now. And just every time she speaks, it's it's always cold mm -hmm. coming, out, coming out of her mouth. So um, executive producer uh, Mary Lovanos uh, talked to N uh, EW on the post credit scene. The notion that Monica ends up in an alternate universe with the hope that it could be a tie-in with X-Men was something I always had on my to-do list. I love how in the comics, Carol Danvers' as binary spends some time with the X-Men in space. Um, I'm so delighted that Kevin Feige and folks were stoked about the idea of binary and the fact that she does fit into the X-Men universe. As a fan, I, just, I was just absolutely floored and delighted that we got to get Beast in there and have a big, bold X right behind binary. It was bananas. So... Um... Kelsey Grammer on coming back. Uh, Kevin Feige... Oh, she, she says on Kelsey Grammer coming back. Kevin Feige just called him up. Kevin, of course, worked on the X-Men films back in the day, so they have their own wonderful relationship. We're just so lucky to have him. Um, Kelsey Grammer also said via the rap that he's confident you will see him play Beast again. Um, I see him as an extraordinary character, a real character of gravitas and importance in our culture. So... Um, Iman Vanelli also reveals an alternate ending to the Marvels uh, with Zay Ashton Darbin. Monica was using her abilities in concert with Kara and Kamala to close the rip in space-time. And actually, there was a um, storyboard where you can see all three of them in space doing this uh, to close that. Um, then Monica would have accepted Photon as her codename after the team-up. It was a cool moment, but I think they took it out for a good reason. Um, she also talks about her MCU Dream Team. The chemistry between Kamala, Miles, and Sam, it's its too good. I would love to see the trio in the MCU. I love Sam Alexander. When Sam tried to reveal the identity and Kamala was like, get away from me, I love it. So she also wants Young Avengers to be a feature film. Yeah. Um, some plot elements here, last things on the, on the Marvels here. Reportedly plot elements that were cut. Kamala wasn't able to take off her bangle and was imprisoned and tortured by Darbin. Captain Marvel and Va Valkyrie were explicitly together in the past. Uh, cut quote, we work better as friends, but Disney are cowards, someone said, as that was the in this reporting. Um, 
Prince John was supposed to gift each of the Marvels with a new suit right before gathering his army, which we saw that happen, so that actually did happen. Kamala's new suit originally turned into a space suit, which would have been used to join Carol and Monica to close the rip in space-time together. And you saw that in the storyboard where she's like in, in this type of silver type thing, almost looking like Silver Surfer with, with some Golby stuff um, in that storyboard. So that's all the Marvel's news. Um, what if, right? So we're going to get nine days of what if. Season two is going to premiere December 22nd. They'll release one episode every day from December 22nd until December 30th. Um, so far, it looks like two, the first episode is going to be What If Nebula Joined the Nova Corps? Uh, what if Peter Quill attacked Earth's Mightiest Heroes? So that whole little tease at the end with uh, him, with, uh, Peter Quill and um, Ego uh-huh. in season one. Looks like they're going to follow up on that. What if... Oh, go ahead, Alex. I was just going to say, which, you know, they show that shot in the trailer of, like, him as a little boy, and he's at the fair, and he pulls the stuffed animal off. I don't know if you guys noticed, but he grabs, like, a raccoon, like, stuffed (laughs) animal, and holds it, and it just instantly made me think of Rocket. Like, you know, it's, like, almost like, you know, I just thought it was a cool little thing that they threw in there, so. On, um, what if Happy Hogan saved Christmas? That's probably going to be, yep, the third episode, so that's going to be on Christmas. Um, what if Iron Man crashed into the Grandmaster? I think this is going to be the rework of the the one that got cut from season one due to pandemic about a Sakaar uh, with with Iron Man. Um, what if Captain Carter fought the Hydra Stomper? What if the Avenger assembled in 1602? This is going to be the new the new character we're going to get introduced to as well. Um, what if Hela found the Ten Rings? So we're going to get a, a thing here between the Ten Rings on Earth and her and Odin back in the mix. Uh, maybe we'll see um, the Grandmaster, yeah, uh, yeah. in this. Um, and then, uh, what if Kahori reshaped the world? Um, and then, what if uh, Strange Supreme intervened? So, I feel like I feel like that Strange Supreme intervened. He's going to be taking kind of like that Watcher role in in this season, and he's going to probably be going and pulling people in from other universes and other things and stuff like that. And he'll be sitting in his little pocket spot of that universe he destroyed, and then because I mean, like he seemed kind of friendly with the Watcher at the end of season one, like kind of like, all right, I'll see you later, old friend, yeah. kind of type of thing, you know. Um, so yeah, and I'm looking forward to that Avengers 1602 as well. I think Neil Gaiman wrote that actual, um, comic, so that, that'll be kind of cool. Um, there was one more, oh, the Odin and the Ten Rings. I think it's really cool that we're going to see that one too, because like I talked about this on the group, but, you know, Odin brought the Tesseract to Earth like a thousand years ago and left it on Earth, and we know that the, that, um, what's his name, when Wu had the rings for probably like a thousand years. Yep. So maybe Odin comes to Earth to bring the Tesseract and runs into Win Wu, who's out there, you know, with the Ten Rings, and then you know they they go at each other, and Hela gets involved. And yeah, yeah. So, when I see the Grandmaster line, why I see the Grandmaster Win Wu? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, I I think that that might be one of the coolest like kind of things that we might see in What If this season. So I'm pretty stoked for that. Um, Loki news, uh, Kay Huquan via Instagram says he wore a data utility belt as a reference to his character in the Goonies. That would be so great if they threw like a little tie in there to say that that was his variant from the Goonies, you know, (laughs) or his, his variant was in, uh, was it Oregon or Washington where the Goonies were, you know, and you know, that would be pretty cool if he had one of the variants like that. So yeah, I hope he comes back. He was great in Loki season two. I want to see more of him. Especially, we know that the TVA is doing stuff now, and they're fighting right now. And so, 
as they build into this whole Secret Wars and King Dynasty, I hope we see more of him. Mm-hmm. Um, Thor 5. Uh, Taika Waititi confirms he's not directing Thor 5, but Chris Hemsworth is in talks for return. Return, excuse me. He says, I'm going to concentrate on these other films I've signed for. It's a very draining process working on these films for two and a half years and nonstop. I need a break from that. Which I, I like Taika to come back, you know. Yeah, Love and Thunder could have been better, but, you know, look, look how good Ragnarok was. Um, his new soccer film that he has out with Micro Fastbender, I want to see that one. That, that looks pretty good. I've seen some of his other films like Boy and other stuff, so I think he can he can do those things. Um, oh, from the chat here about uh, Kehu Kwan, I wanted a short round reference. <laughs> yeah. another, maybe another variant <laughs> out there. Um, so, yeah, uh, Thor 5 looks like it's going to be, and that will be... What Thor four was the first one to get a fourth film, and now Thor's mm-hmm. gonna be the first one to get a fifth film. So that's interesting. Out of the big three that started off uh, this, that he's getting five films. Yeah, I mean, it just goes to show the love for Chris Hemsworth. I think you know he's a, he's he's one of the biggest actors in the world right now. I'd, yep. I'd say so. Um, you know, get him get him on screen. I guess that's the that's the the message that they're giving us. Um, I'd like to see somebody else give it a crack. Now, I think. Um, for me, it's it's you know, uh, what Titi's had he's 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 a couple of goes at it, hasn't he? Um, so I think it's it's somebody else's turn, really. Yeah. Who, and do, who I, do you think? Go ahead, Alex. Sorry. Uh, no. I, I was, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm in the same boat. I I don't know who I would put in charge of that. You know, like I I personally think the fourth one was worse than Dark World, in my opinion. You know, like, and it's weird because it's like you look at the tone of the first two movies and then you look at the tone of the second thor movies and it's like they're like night and day they're completely different you know um and honestly i would love to see i think chris hemsworth kills that character right like i mean everybody loves chris hemsworth as thor everybody loves thor like i'm not a thor fan for the most part like i like beta ray bill more than i like thor but i'm still holding out that we're gonna get beta ray bill in a thor movie at some point and i'm hoping it's the next one i feel like i've been saying that for like the last two or three now you know but like you know, it's it's one of those things where that's such a popular character. Everybody knows who Thor is. You can't go wrong with Thor, and they just need to write it well. That's the I only hope, thing I ask. You know, I hope they build on what we saw with Hercules tease at the yeah. end of Love and Thunder. I hope yeah. maybe that I hope that we get that we do get Beta Ray Bill. I do also hope that it, it's they kind of gloss over the love stuff this next mm-hmm. film for now. That's why I didn't mm-hmm. mention her either at all for Young Avengers, but they kind of gloss over that. She's just chilling somewhere. Um, but I hope they do like that whole War of the Gods thing that, you know, they're starting to get taken out. And at first, Thor and Hercules are enemies. You know, they end up, you know, having a battle. Maybe that's, maybe um, we get that on the Corbinites world or something like that. And that's where Beta Ray Bill steps in because he's the retired champion from from Sakaar. And then they, they three go off and have to, to save the day uh, type of thing. So I hope that's kind of the premise of the next film. Um, maybe you know, kind of continue to build on stuff. So, and a small part of me believes that like Hercules might come to Earth looking for Thor on New Asgard, but then like also like me, I think Valkyrie could handle Hercules at that point. Like, be like, I'm not even gonna let you know Thor know. Like, I'll just try and handle him real quick, you know, type of thing. But like, yeah, I mean, like, I feel like that would be a great way, like him come to you know New Asgard and cause a bunch of problems, and Thor comes back, and then like that causes a showdown to happen, you know. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, they could, they could, they definitely, they are missing an opportunity if they don't use Hercules, I feel like, in something Thor related for the next project. So, especially we know that Heimler probably is not going to play Thor forever and then kind of sliding Hercules in into that Thor role or even Beta Ray mm -hmm. Bill. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you kind of got to establish that. So, definitely. Um, yep. And on Taika Waititi from the chat here, he's about to do a Star Wars film. Yep. He, he is a great point there. I think I have some about Star Wars coming up later on in the news. Um, Daredevil Born Again, uh, Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier, was originally set to appear in it. Um, his inclusion in the series remains unclear due to the current rework. Um, what if Bucky, you know, is suing, um, <laughs> Nebula or Rocket to get his arm back? I don't know. <laughs> He's a lawyer. <laughs> but yeah, that'd be interesting to see what role he'd play in that, in that series. Um... Via Daniel RPK, the original plot details involving Karen and Foggy reportedly accurate. However, Deborah Ann Wall could be returning to the series as her schedule has cleared up. Also, Ed, Ed, Eldon Henson reportedly also returned from the show. What I, I saw out there, and people were saying that from Daniel RPK. So we will get Karen and um, Foggy back uh, in the rework of the show since they're starting from ground zero. Um, from the chat here, love that he's going to be in it. Um, Moon Knight series, uh, also via Daniel PK. Season two is reportedly in development at Marvel Studios. Um, the series will have more than six episodes. Now, I wonder how they're going to do this. I hope we get more Jake, uh, in, in this one. I also hope we get more crossover into other projects too, because other than the whole, uh, GRC van that we saw, there's really no big tie in. And I think they missed some big ties like Alex had before in the past. Is that Alexander the Great? That should have been Ramatut they found. Mm -hmm. um, maybe we get Ramatut something in the second season. Maybe we get more with the other side of things. Maybe he runs into her by night. You know, we get a Jake, uh, Jake or uh, Jack Russell reference or something. Maybe we get, you know, I don't know, but hopefully they do some kind of crossover. So just uh, this is this is completely random, but I just want to throw this out there. Imagine if it wasn't, you know, Ramatut and it wasn't Alexander the Great. Like, imagine that was like the Tomb of Apocalypse or something like Ooh. that. That would have been really cool if they did something like that. Yes. I've got a feeling that absolutely everything is in works at Marvel Studios. Like, everything. They've got mm -hmm. teams writing for everything. So, basically, when these people come out and go, oh, this is in development, like, they're not wrong. They're never yeah. going to be wrong. Like, I could turn around and go, there's a, you know, series coming out about pace pop pete and do you know what somebody at marvel is probably writing a series about pace pop pete and then they get to go and pitch it to feige and all the other top execs and if it's any good they'll consider it again for a next phase like i think everything gets pitched i would not be surprised if half of these things that these people are saying are rumored do not get anywhere near becoming a project because certainly after what's happened over the last couple of years where they've just gone absolutely crazy with content and probably oversaturated the general population which is why we're starting to see a drop off in streaming and why we're starting to see a drop off in the box office and things like that because the people like us are going to go see the movies yeah but are the general population going to go and see the movies if it's all that's in the movies they're probably not so you know i've got a feeling you know some of this stuff is never ever going to get made these guys aren't wrong when they say it's in development i'm because i would say that everything's in development but mm -hmm. development just means that somebody's writing something and it They're might not ever the, yeah, get, storyboarding yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, it might not ever get out of their notebook. 
Yeah, I mean, do characters like Pacepot Pete or, say, Stiltman <laughs> need a project, you know? Like, no, they don't. But, like, you can throw Stiltman in a Daredevil project, and that yep. would be great just to have him in there for, like, one episode. Like, funny, it'd be, like, the most ridiculous thing ever seeing that on screen. But, yep. like, as an old villain from the last 50 years, seeing him in comic books, it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, back then it was, like, oh, Stiltman. But, like, now it's, like, obviously that's a ridiculous <laughs> character, you know? Like, hey, rip uh, it, rip it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. One. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, they, they did a really cool job with that character, mm -hmm. though, with the with the aspect of like Matt Murdock sitting in court and being like, "Hmm, it smells like he was using the wrong kind of fuel in there," you know, like. And I liked how they kind of did that, but you know, you you can only have Matt Murdock do that so much for some of those characters. I feel like. Yeah, you know? but I mean, I, I think my my point being is that I think that everything's being written for everyone is being written for everything is in development, quote unquote. Um, so when these people come out and go, oh, you know, season two of whatever's been written or in development, like, yeah, they're not wrong, but you know, mm -hmm. whether it actually gets anywhere or not is a completely different matter. Mm -hmm. From the chat here, uh, more monsters with Moon Knight 2, tie it in, set him up for Midnight Suns. Exactly. Yeah. You, you could keep that all separate too. Like you could have a whole monster versus side of the MCU and never cross over until we need them to, or not at all. Yeah, make make it like a supernatural underworld in the MCU, like the the you know the thing that people like Tony Stark would never see because Tony Stark's out there fighting you know different threats. You know what I'm saying? Like there's different characters fighting different things. You don't have to have like everybody like Doctor Strange could pop into this and then you know like be like oh yeah you know I fought this entity before or something like that kind of pop out like with the the supernatural kind of side of the mcu we haven't really seen a lot of that i feel like we've seen like dr strange werewolf by night like some stuff agatha yeah yeah, yeah. and I, I guess like wanda sort of is yeah. in a way but like you know for it's kind of one of those things like until she really became the scarlet witch they kind of really didn't jump into that kind of i feel like thing in wanda until wandavision so like i feel like there's a lot that they could explore with the supernatural side you know Moon Knight has to be Punisher, lol. You know, mm -hmm. they could, you know what they could do with Moon Knight with Punisher? That Moon Knight needs some kind of special bullet, you know, made because he's going after Jack Russell and that's how he gets that, you know, mixed up with the Punisher to get that, you know, fashion formed, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I'm just throwing ideas out there. Um, Thunderbolts news. Uh, Robert Kirkman accidentally confirmed Steven Yoon's role while speaking to comic book, comic artist David Finch. My good friend Steven Yoon is playing the Sentry in a movie. Yeah, he called me. He went in for a costume fitting. I hope I'm not. I don't think it's a spoiler or anything that will get anybody in trouble. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. I don't care. I don't work for Marvel. What are they going to do to me? So it looks like it's. we've all known this. This is the worst kept secret in the industry. We all know he's playing um, Sentry. Uh, but it's pretty much confirmed there by Robert Kirkman. Yeah, I watched, I watched, that, uh, I watched that show. With Robert Copeman, and yeah, it was quite funny actually. He was like, "I don't care, I don't work yeah. for Marvel. It doesn't, doesn't matter to me. <laughs> what are they going to do to me?" <laughs> I feel like we got somebody else in trouble there, though. But, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So because he there may is no, that... he may no longer be playing Sentry after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was my first thought, you know. Because there is that Brazil conference this week, upcoming weekend. It's like the ten year of it. I don't know if Marvel's going to show up or not, but they might do a surprise and say, hey, Thunderbolts, you know, or Fantastic Four, you know, but we'll, we'll see. Um, reportedly, the Void is not just the embodiment of Bob Reynolds' negative aspects and emotions. It becomes an entire realm that characters will be able to enter. That's interesting. Oh, like the Void that, you know, we have in Loki. Yeah. Maybe it's, maybe it's the Elias. same thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, maybe I, maybe I, they can enter his mind almost yeah. like enter his his sort of negative space. Yeah, yeah, and and I know like I kind of like was playing with some stuff but i i talked to i think in the spoiler chat about how like you know they could potentially use maybe like Elioth like as that kind of void personality that comes out and that's all the tears in time and space like they mentioned is what creates Elioth. so maybe they could kind of link century to this multiverse stuff in that way and it would kind of fit him into this multiverse stuff and i think it would be i mean they talk about in the comics how you know the century slash the void can like destroy universes he could destroy the universe if he wanted to. So, I mean, you could kind of play that with the multiverse saga, in my opinion. Um, uh, Sanja Hayes, costume designer for Captain Marvel and Spider-Man No Way Home, were also work on Thunderbolts. So, familiar uh, face there. Um, also, there's chatter of more characters being added as well. Um, there's an actress called Ayo um, Ed Beery. Um, we still know who she's playing. Could she be playing Meteorite slash Moonstone, possibly? Mm -hmm. Another scientist that uh, was kind of like, uh, I think she mimicked the Captain Marvel of the Thunderbolts, if you remember correctly, but her villainous role was Meteorite, but also by Moonstone as well in the comics. I wonder if she's playing that character. I'm not trying to think who else could she play on the team. I don't think they're going to add uh, Korean Mimi right now. Um, yeah, Songer, so so I don't think with everything going on in the world, they're going to add her right great, now. Yeah, great character. Though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, shame. Because of her background, you know what I mean? I don't think they're going to add her right now unless they completely ignore the background, but I don't think they're going to do that either. So she could be playing Songbird. We'll see. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, Fantastic Four news. Um, to do. So the reason for delay in announcing is allegedly due to actors turning down the role of Reed Richards as the script is focused on Sue, which that's a weak sauce, you know, if they're doing that. Uh, you know, that's kind of weak sauce to me. If it's focused on Sue and they don't want it to be in the film. Even though it's focused on film, Reed is still a pretty big part of her life, you know? And so that's kind of weird to me to hear, to hear that reported. Um, Vanessa Kirby, when asked about the role of Sue Storm during the Napoleon premiere in Paris, I don't know. You'll have to ask them. It'd be I'd be very honored to join. <laughs> she kind of played off pretty well because I saw the interview uh, when she did that. So it almost seems like she, you know probably is already cast you know i do have the mm -hmm. the casting what they pretty much are saying is out there um the rumor is pedro pascal is the new front runner for reed richards but also i report he could be playing the villain you know i don't think he's playing doom but could he be the maker in this film which andy has said he'd love to see that concept mm -hmm. uh, in the film but it sounds like pedro pascal is going to be um reed richards um, what did he sorry, what, what did he you know, like uh, when they was asking Vanessa Kirby whether she was playing Sue Storm, what did they expect her to say? Did they expect her to go, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean you're under contract to basically not talk about it if you've already signed, you know, so like you you're told you can talk about it probably at this point and it's not that point yet. So yeah. I mean of course like yeah. every time they're gonna be like, Oh no, I can't talk no, I'm not like, you know, and it's like obviously like they're not gonna be like yes i am and it's just as a just as a side note i don't know what it's like in um in popular sports over there in the states but uh, i i watch um obviously i watch a lot of soccer over here and you, you you hear them interviewing the players afterwards and they say the exact same thing every single game after it doesn't matter whether they win lose or draw it doesn't matter whether they've won 10 nil whether they had the best game in their lives or the worst game in their lives they all say the same stuff every single time and you're like 
what are you reporters expecting these these young lads to to actually come out with some sort of genius insight like it never really happens they always just sort of go yeah i tried to do the best for the team and uh yeah we uh we did that today or no we didn't do that today and we'll have to go back to the training ground and work hard for next week that is literally all they ever say and just in slightly different variations and i kind of just sit there and think who are you doing this for like who are you asking these questions for because then you're not gonna what well, you're not going to get anything interesting out of them. And I kind of think the same when they're on the red carpet, like you just said, Alex, when they're under contract, like, why are you asking them questions? Like, you know, they're not going to tell you. Yeah. This is pointless. I feel like <laughs> I somebody else. Like they just want them to like slip up. Like they think that one time is going to like catch <laughs> them off guard or something like, and it's not like they're like Mark Ruffalo or Tom yeah, Holland, same right? thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I love that thing where like uh, Mark Ruffalo is like being interviewed with Don Cheadle and he's like, wait till you see this next one. Everybody dies. And Don Cheadle's like, <laughs> and then like, he's like, oh, do you think I'm going to get in trouble? And like, he's like, Don Cheadle's like, dude, just shut up. And <laughs> Stop talking, you know, like you're just digging a hole for yourself, you know. And, and from the chat here, is the same skill response for the media? It is, but sports, there's always some good moments where you'll see a, a player throw his two under the bus, a coach throw his two under the bus. I used to love like uh, Marshawn Lynch, who plays football here. Um, he used to always say, like, both teams played hard. Or, I'm sorry, no, he would say, I'm gonna serious, I don't get fined. Or then you had Rasheed Wallace, he'd always get in trouble with the NBA with all the technical fouls and playing basketball. And he's like, both teams played hard. And he's kept saying that thing the whole time. <laughs> like, give that generic response because he knows if he says anything, he's going to get in bigger trouble. So, yeah. <laughs> um, Christopher Abbott and Jimmy Dornan reportedly tested for the role of Reed Richards as well. Um, Jimmy Dornan, which one is he? He's the one he's from 50 Shades. Okay, I thought so. I don't know who Christopher Abbott is, though. No. Um, according to Jeff Snyder, Vanessa Kirby, Joseph Quinn, and Yvonne Moss Backrack have been cast in the film as Sue Storm, Johnny Storm, and Ben Grimm. So, um, Mason Gooding uh, seemingly confirmed via social media he's no longer running to play Johnny Storm. So, and, you're seeing and, people who aren't playing the roles come out and say <laughs> stuff? Just going back on, if those three um, rumors are true there, um, just going on that, that then makes... If, if Pedro Pascal is, is a correct rumor for Reed, it just makes him about 15 years older than all the others, which doesn't quite make yeah, sense yeah. to me. You know? Um, so could he play I love Pedro Pascal, and I think he'd do a great job as Reed. I just don't quite... I don't quite understand it with those other... It doesn't line up with all the other rumors, you know? And yeah. Usually these rumors do kind of make a little bit of sense, but this one kind of doesn't, really, when you look at it as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope it's not true because I don't know. I think we've kind of had an oversaturation with Disney and Pedro Pascal, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, yeah. so yeah, I, 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 I'm not saying anything bad about. It. I'm just saying, you know, it's no, you know, I, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of indifferent on him playing Reed. I think Reed's one of those. It's such a hard character to get right. Like, do I think Pedro is like the best for Reed? Definitely not. He wouldn't be my first choice. He probably wouldn't be in my top five to be honest. But like, he's a good actor. Mm, like, yeah. you know, like and. It's almost like one of those, like, I'm not going to be upset if he plays. Yeah, yeah you know, I'm not either, but like, it, it's, it's a not... funny situation because you know he'd do a great job, but you kind of like, I don't want him to do it. Like, I, don't, I want somebody else to do it. I don't want him to do this. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, it's it's not like I'm going to be, like, out here, like, flipping out about it, you know? Like, we got to <laughs> yeah. get somebody else cast, like, whatever, you know? Like, and honestly, with if the rest of the cast who they are, those are pretty much knowns in the industry, especially Vanessa Kirby. Mm-hmm. Um, 
why not bring in an unknown for Reed or an upline yeah. actor for Reed? Especially if, if the story is Sue focused, you don't need a big headliner for Reed. <laughs> yeah, those this is what I mean. These rumors are just so all over the place. Yeah, uh, we're not really going to focus on Reed. Let's pay Pe let's pay Pedro Pascal to play Reed. Yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Maybe, maybe he's Herbie. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he's voicing Herbie. <laughs> Brilliant. I, I just I just love the meme of Pedro as Maxwell Ward from the second Wonder Woman movie, and it's yeah. like life is good, but it could be fantastic, and it's him like <laughs> pointing. Like I just love that. I yeah. like what Boss Logic done and just made him look like every everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got a mustache in every single one of them. He's like there is Sue with like blonde bangs and just like a little mustache. It it gives me like missed out fire vibes as him like <laughs> as as Sue Storm for some reason. So, so my favorite casting for was still the the guy who from Quantumania before he was in Quantumania. He he could read the, read the minds, understand them. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember yeah, his name. Yeah, I can't remember his name, but yeah. yeah. But that actor was my because he he kind of has that 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 vibe of a read. Mm -hmm. Um, reportedly, Javier Bardin um is eyed for Galactus. Um, and Galactus Herald, the Solar Surfer, will be played by a woman via Jeff Snyder. Now, it may not have to be Silver Surfer. This could be another Herald. There were so many Heralds they had for Galactus. Mm -hmm. Um, like I said, I wish they would have made Darben and Herald, but. Mm -hmm. You know, there's uh, Juno, who's Hercules' granddaughter. She was a female herald. You also have uh, Nova, uh, Frankie Ray. You know, so I I think it's going to be... If it's, if it's Silver Surfer, I think it's going to be Juno, because she actually was Silver Surfer, if I remember correctly, in the comics. Um, um, but if it's not Silver Surfer, I think it might be Frankie Nova. Or Frankie Ray Nova. So so I was talking about this with my wife the other day, and we were saying that... Um, I was just, just talking about the idea of Silver Surfer... Uh, becoming a becoming a female and um and i said that i mean other than the, the origin story of norin rad once he becomes silver surfer is it is it important that he's a male or a female and then i i don't i'm not sure that it is but then my wife then said well then why bother swapping the character yeah like if it's not important what he is leave him the same yeah. like if he and, and i was like yeah that's a really good point like i didn't really think about that until she said it because I was saying, well, why not change it? But then why change it? It's, it's the same thing, isn't it? It's like, well, just leave it the same, isn't it? It doesn't matter. If it doesn't matter that he's a male or a female, mm -hmm. then just leave him where he is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I kind of hope that we kind of put the whole Galactus and Silver Surfer thing on the shelf for a little while. Like we see oh, yeah. Harold, you know, um, I, it sounds like we probably won't, unfortunately. Like it seems like we, I, I'm just worried that we're going to see the whole Galactus, Silver Surfer and the Fantastic Four kind of crammed together in another project or something in the near future. And that's what I'm worried about. But. Actually, we're not because it, it's being reported today that I saw that Galactus will be a, a cameo, but will not be the main focus of this film okay so but listen to this other news i got coming up though first um antonio banderas was previously rumored to have been offered the role of galactus which we that was rumored <laughs> before for a while but i guess now it's javier bardin which i loved javier bardin in no country for old men brilliant actor. love that movie um reportedly mads milkelstein is, is uh is one of the actors marvel is considering for doom uh what we saw mads um in dr strange again no issue with recasting we've seen it before it's happened a couple times already in the MCU. Uh, John Hamm wants to play Doctor Doom as well, he said. Mm. Um, also, too, another report I saw earlier is that Cillian Murphy was being up there for Doom, totally considered. Uh, but here's the big, here's the yeah, but here's the big one. 
um, or John Hans, I hope I get a chance, was his, his quote. Uh, but Daniel RPK was saying that Anna Taylor-Joy is being eyed to play the villain in Fantastic Four. So she could be the female surfer. I'm trying to think who else could they, she be if not the, the Juno or Noah Frankie Ray. Who else she could be as a villain? I'm, I'm trying to think what 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 major female villains they kind of had come across the Fantastic Four. I don't know. I would really... <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, that the frightful four or something yeah. like that. They bring, yeah, I mean that would be really cool if she came back as magic. I think. I mean, I don't think that they would do that. I liked her. That was like one of my favorite castings, and the New Mutants was her as magic. I thought she did a great job with that role. Um, obviously, I don't think that she would be the villain of the Fantastic Four as magic. You know, um, but yeah, that's that's hard. I I don't really know. I, I like I said, I really preferred her in that role. I thought she killed that role. She did a really good job. Good uh, coming here towards your wife, Andy. Um, your wife is onto something, I think. It feels like creative controversy. Doesn't make much difference to me either way, but I don't see the point of swapping it if it's Silver Surfer, if a different Herald, then it makes perfect sense. There you go. Uh -huh. Now, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong here. I know one, if this is a Sue-focused film, could Anna Taylor-Joy be the malice part of Sue Storm in this film? Huh. Because then she because well, then she get like Kurt, like she got taken over by Malice, right? Malice was still, I can't, I gotta go back and check, but I thought Malice was like at one point somebody else, but then Sue Storm got like taken over by Malice and became Malice for a while. Yeah, I don't know. I've, do you know what? I've, I think I've said this on this show before. Fantastic Four has never been a um, a comic that I've been that I've automatically just gone and picked up. It's mm -hmm. not, I, it, it, they've always bored me. Because mm -hmm. it's, it's the way it's written. It's like what we talk about with the guys in the, the Riri podcast guys. It, it's, you know, it's the way it's so written. old. And, yeah. Yeah. It's like, and even, and the new stuff not has, has been better. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I couldn't tell you, Joe. I'm not entirely sure on that subject. I, I feel like that's part of the problem with the Fantastic Four, right? Is like the Fantastic Four have been all, around so long now, too. And it's like to modernize those characters, it's kind of hard, you know, like to kind of make them interesting in today's world. And I know we've like talked about like our thoughts and stuff on it. We've talked about them potentially being like in the 60s and stuff like that. Like they're like perfect from the 60s from that era, you know, like and it's like almost like it, it they're kind of campy almost you know like in a way and it's almost kind of hard to do that you know in 2023 i feel like you know versus when they were first starting being written and, and everything like that so mm, definitely great. hard to read them you know i i've never been a big fantastic four fan myself and i think those characters are incredibly hard to bring on screen you know well, we, we've, to... go ahead sorry i, I was just gonna say we've we've seen a lot of not really great jobs doing that so far with other fantastic four movies well they're gonna have to do something quick because production starts in 2024 yeah i'm i, I won't be surprised by the end of the year we get a cast announcement because they probably got to get rolling because mm -hmm. it, it's a 2025 film isn't it uh, apparently yeah i i think we've we've said it on we've said it on the show before and i still think this is the way they should go they should go that they're uh, a team of scientists that have been lost in time uh they have to fight someone you know someone minor maybe there's a, a galactus yeah yeah mole man perfect but they get lost in time um you know a little bit maybe each maybe the film is bookended by um, the modern 
you know the present mcu but actually the main film takes part in another time another universe another dimension whatever and then they come back again into into our dimension and then we see a little tease of galactus and silver surfer ready for something else in the future they just got to copy that Captain America format where Steve fights in like World War II and then wakes up in the modern day at the oh, end. Yeah. You know, that that would just be perfect if they just did something I, like that. And then it would kind of explain that campiness, that 60s campiness, wouldn't it? It would, mm -hmm. you would then almost like accept it a little bit mm -hmm. better. And then they could stay true to themselves as characters, but then, you know, uh, build themselves like Steve's done, like uh, mm -hmm. did in the MCU, like build himself up to a modern character over the course of three or four different projects and films. Mm -hmm. So they've already teased Subatomica in Quantumania. Mm -hmm. Could they make Psycho Man the villain, but gender swap and make it Psycho Woman and have um, Anna Taylor-Joy play that character as the villain? Mm -hmm. You know? So, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, production starts next year. They got to get the, the train on the tracks here with this cast and the film. Mm -hmm. um, Wonder Man news is set to is set to resume filming after Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving was Thursday, so Wonder Man is going to start resuming filming soon. Um, Daniel D Destin Daniel Cretton is the executive producer and directed the first two episodes. Oh, and real direct the first two episodes um, of uh, Wonder Man. He's the one that did Shang Chi. Um, like Echo, it will be a spotlight project, so it's going to fall under the spotlight banner. And right now, the only current tie to the MC that we know of is going to be Trevor Slattery, the Mandarin. Mm -hmm. I am the Mandarin. Um, so, yeah. Speaking of Shang-Chi, um, DDC, Daniel Destin Cretton, is already working on the script, uh, already working on the sequel for Shang-Chi. Um, he's no longer working on the Kang Dynasty, but like I just said, he's working on the Wonder Man series, and he's working on the Shang-Chi sequel. Uh, via Daniel RPK, it looks like they're eyeing a 2024 to 2025 production begin date, so probably the second half to the end of next year uh, for the Shang Chi sequel. Um, I wonder if that's gonna be like a time thing, like like uh, something like that. I still I still want to know that whole thing at the end of the first one too, with the whole beacon, beacon, yeah, and the rings, and where we look. It looked like we kind of had that whole thing between Banner and Carol and Wong as well. So mm -hmm. interesting to see how they build on that. Like I saw something like like some people do like post like the records of time or something like that as a concept, which would fit in this current phase with multiverse stuff. So, um, there is an untitled Wakanda series. Um, it's gonna be produced by Ryan Coogler. It's also gonna be a spotlight project as well. It's going to focus on Okoye on a mission. Could this be how Okoye got out? Ross Everett Ross maybe. Yeah, or, or something else. Um, it's also being reported that this series will premiere before Ironheart in 2025. So it looks huh. like it's going to be a bridge to Wakanda forever and possibly Ironheart. Cool. Mm -hmm. So uh, we have some WandaVision. Agatha News are almost, I know it's late, Andy, so we're almost done. Um, we're, we're getting towards the end here. Um, Matt Shackman cast doubt on season two via the direct. I don't, this is for WandaVision season two. I don't think so. You know, we're telling a very specific story, a complete story, a story about grief, about Wanda's journey, having lost vision, and we complete that story. And Jack Schaefer is an amazing writer, or Jacques, or Jack, uh, who wrote WandaVision, and she has created a show called Agatha. Agatha is not WandaVision season two, 
but it's definitely existing in that universe, of course, with some of the characters that you met on the show, Agatha in particular. So you know there are elements of WandaVision that are out there still in their own way, but a proper WandaVision Season 2 uh, with more sitcom styles and all that definitely is not in the cards. So, What about Vision and Quest? Uh, I'll get to that. Okay. Um, did I have... Wait, did I... I know I, we talked... I've noted it down. Uh, but Vision Quest is still happening. Okay. I don't know if I have it. That kind of felt like a WandaVision Season 2 kind of in a way to me. You know? Yeah. Like... Um, so let me go here. Uh, where was I? Oh, Patty Lupin has confirmed that Agatha Darkhold Diaries will finally be released next Halloween. We are a coven of witches. It's one of the best experiences I've ever had in my career because of Jacques Schaefer and Catherine Hahn. Um, it's coming out Halloween. Um, via Daniel RPK, most of the rumored Marvel Studios special presentations are being shelled for now due to them underforming on Disney+. However... The Witch's Road special presentation is still to be released, but being handled differently. So, I wonder if this is being sh uh, shifted over to Marvel Spotlight as well, or something else. Okay. Um, from the chat, uh, loved it, but I don't think WandaVision needs a second season. I agree. They're, they're branching out. We have Multiverse of Madness. We have Agatha now. Vision Quest is coming still. I think Vision Quest's production is starting next year. Mm -hmm. I might not have my notes, but I think I post that somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um... Also, what's that? But yeah, so Marvel Spotlight possibly looks like it's going to happen for Witches Road Special Presentation. There is some pictures floating out there. I'm not going to talk about them because they're potential spoilers for Agatha Dorkle Diaries, but it looks like some things are going to be uh, possibly explained that we've been waiting for. Anyways, moving on. Scarlet Witch, uh, via Daniel RPK. Marvel Studios reportedly wants a Scarlet Witch project to be a movie. Jacques Schaefer is considered as a director and writer for the project. So I, I I reckon I reckon he's got some time on his hands, old old Mister RPK. Yeah, he's, he's just he's just throwing absolutely everything possible. Yeah, it's uh, been a lot the past couple days. At, yeah, at the wall and just seeing what's going to happen. Like if, if I say a million things, one of these things is going to come true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and then I can say, look, I was right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Deadpool three, uh, Ryan Reynolds on casting rumors. I love it. I think it's a sign of how eager people are to get a peek behind the curtain in this world. Every single one of these secrets and spoilers will be revealed on July 26th. <laughs> awesome. Also via Daniel RPK, Marvel Studios reportedly decided to have Deadpool 3 as the only film that will release next year due to them being extremely confident in it. They expect the film to deliver at the box office with critics and uh, make fans excited for the MCU again, which I think is a good, good idea to only have one film next year because you kind of bring everyone in. Mm -hmm. but, uh, I think yeah. that was probably a... a, 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 a through circumstance surely due to the writer's strike like, i don't think they decided on yeah. just having this it was like we can't actually do it anymore <laughs> this yeah. guy cracks me up sorry <laughs> uh looks like the nostalgic pod blast is back hey, hey welcome back nostalgic pod blast yeah um hey. we're past the marvel stuff so you haven't seen it yet oh here he goes he enjoyed them or they enjoyed the marvels um so nice yeah we all did too um chang dynasty news even though credit has exited King Dynasty, the project is still happening, which is being reported. Um, King Dynasty slash Secret Wars, the Loki producer Kevin Wright says Michael Waldron is writing both. So there's continuity there, kind of like the Russos did in-game. I'm sorry, Infinity War and in-game. Um, as far as where it's all going, I can't say, and not because I am being coy, 
were not part of those projects. What I would say is, I mean, I know Michael Waldron is working on them and he loves obviously this world as he helped create it. Um, Daniel RPK says that reportedly Sam Raimi is one of Marvel's top choices to direct both films. Hmm. Um, also, too, there's been some... Oh, he goes all around the stream. Oh, all good. <laughs> um, also, too, there's rumors been out there. I've seen this a couple times being floated out there that they might rework the titles of this and not call it the King Dynasty anymore, <clears throat> but um, make it a Mar multiverse saga finale part one and part two. So possibly okay. Secret Wars part one and part two, maybe. Or, you know, call it, you know, kind of something else. Um, also, via Daniel RPK, uh, he explained that Marvel is open to recasting Kang. They're not leaving the character aside. So, I guess it all depends what happens with Major's legal troubles. Uh -huh. um, there's been some speculation that Stephen scrapped the title, the Kang Dynasty, altogether. Jeff Snyder shared this, that his source indicated to also two more of this might be the case that the studio might be opt for Avengers Secret Wars Part 1 and Part 2. So there's that. Um, Snyder indicated that regardless of the titles, the two films are a two-part story, and with the departure of Cretton, the studio is now looking for one director team of directors to rule them all, which is good continuity there, to have them both like that. Um, Silk Series. Uh, the WGA has threatened legal action against Amazon for keeping certain shows on hold after the strike ended. The Silk Series is still one of those shows that are still suspended. So, interesting there. <laughs> MCU filming updates. Um, Deadpool 3 has already started shooting again. It started last week before Thanksgiving. Wonder Man is going to restart any time now. Thanksgiving's over. That was Thanksgiving was Thursday for, for us in the United States here. Um, uh, Captain America Brave New World restarts three shoots in January 2024. Fantastic Four starts spring of 2024. Thunderbolt starts mid-spring 2024. And... Vision Quest will be started on next year as well. <laughs> um, now we're on to DC stuff. So we're, we're getting to the end there, Andy. Um, so I've got about 3% battery left on my laptop. I'm out of here. It's going to be about, I reckon I've got about four minutes of... Okay, I'll get this quick. I'll get this quick then. No comments here. I'm just going to go through it. Supergirl. Uh, via The Hollywood Reporter, Anna Noguera will write Supergirl, Women of Tomorrow for DC Studios. Uh, Superman Legacy, Maria Gabriela de Faria has landed the villain role as Angela uh, Spica, a.k.a. the engineer who was first introduced in 1999's The Authority. Nicholas Holt has been cast as Lex Luthor. Sa uh, Sarah Sampeo uh, has been cast as Eve Tessmacher. Miss Tessmacher! Um, <laughs> Skylar Guisando cast as Jimmy Olsen. Brainiac will be the main villain. The hmm. cast so far of the film is David Cornset as Clark Kent Superman, Rachel Brosnan as Lois Lane, Nicholas Holt Lex Luthor, Sarah Sampaio as Eve Tessmacher, Skylar Guasano as Jimmy Olsen, Eddie Gathet the Gathiti as Mr. Holt, Mr. I'm sorry, Michael Holt slash Mr. Terrific, Maria Gabriela De Faria as the engineer, Nathan Fillion as Guy Gardner slash Green Lantern, Isabella Marced as Hawkgirl, Anthony Kerrigan as Metamorpho, Justice League Part 2 will be coming in theaters to you soon. <laughs> um, <laughs> Harley Quinn uh, renewed for fifth season after Max, so another one of those. Uh, Aquaman and they're just sandbag that movie still already. While promoting Aquaman: The Lost Kingdom on on Jimmy Fallon, Jason Momoa states that this will be the end for his Aquaman. He continued to say, "But this isn't the end for me at DC. They like me. 
basically teasing his return as Lobo and James Gum's DCU. Uh, Star Wars news, uh, Dave Filoni is now the head person in charge. He is now the chief creative officer at Lucasfilm, um, helping to guide overall creative vision. We'll be letting others tell new stories. While well, still letting others tell new stories, he'll now work directly at Lucasfilm with President Kathleen Kennedy to originate and shepherd the next generation of Star Wars movies and shows. Um, Mandalorian season four, season, again here, Pedro Payne Reed. Season four is getting ramped up for filming. Uh, last thing on Star Wars, um, a documentary about the Star Wars holiday special releases on December 5th. So look forward to that. Uh, Dune 2 changed dates again. It's now moved up to March 1st. Uh, oh. As of right now, the 2024 conflict slate is going to be Madam Web, uh, February 14th, Deadpool 3, July 26th, Craven the Hunter, August 30th, Joker, Fole Adu, October 4th, and Venom 3, November 8th. Uh, the last piece of news I have is the Karate Kid. This is interesting how they're doing this with, um, with Mr. Miyagi no longer with us. Uh, the actor, uh, Pat, um, Mori Mo yes. Moriata. Yeah, Moriata. Thank you. Jackie Chan and Ralph Macchio reprised their roles together for a new Karate Kid movie. Sony's Karate Kid will shoot in Montreal starting April of 2024. It's supposed to be in theaters December 13th, 2024. That's a quick turnaround. So mm -hmm. it looks like um, Daniel and Mr. Han are teaming up hmm. in this film. Cool. And that's all I have. Brilliant. Because I've, <laughs> uh, right. I've got one percent bad. I've got one percent This is about to die. Uh, it's been a good conversation. Um, couple of hours there. That's a long one. Uh, I've had a lot to get through. Um, it's been a good show. Um, where can I catch us, Jaren, before we go? Usual places, uh, Twitter. If you're watching via Twitter, we can't see the chat, so make your way over to Twitch, YouTube, our Facebook page, Kick or Trovo. Um, and then always you can see us on Threads, Instagram, and TikTok for when we do the trailers and other things from our group. Awesome. It's been good. We'll catch you next week. Take care. See you guys. <laughs>